0: Hi guys, I'm Rachel and I'm Jess and this is Mothering On My Own podcast. Each episode will dive into stories of resilience, triumph and personal growth shared by women who are mothering on their own. This podcast serves as a reminder that you are not truly alone and there's a community of women who are navigating the highs and lows of this extraordinary journey. Join us as we unpack the many ways of mothering on my own.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode. We thought we would get behind the mics and actually just do an episode of Rach and I again. Now let's just see how this one goes. Maybe this could be a bit more of a reoccurring thing that we do because we're conscious. We work so much on the podcast and we literally, Rach and I are on the phone all day, every day to each other. But then sometimes we forget that we're interviewing guests every week and that you guys aren't getting those deep, deep dives into our weekly updates. So We're going to just give you like a full kind of digest on what's going on and, yeah, just go into some topics that we've been wanting to talk about a bit. So, Rach, you are how many weeks in now with your demi-pair?
0: I think this is third week.
1: And how's it going?
0: Um, It's actually changed my life. Like I can't even fathom the things that I'm able. For example, right now she's just taken Lenny to the park. Normally I would have to put him in front of the TV, which I hate doing. But it's actually mainly the little things that I'm able to do that are filling me up so much. So I always thought, I always felt so sad that I had zero social life and I felt like it was quite depressing that, yes, while I'm a mum, I'm also a single 32-year-old woman who, in my mind, still should have elements of a social life. And I thought my social life was the missing link for, like, just, like, a bit more joy in my life. And while I have done a little bit of that, What has actually been the biggest game changer in my life has been the little small moments of like going for a walk by myself, going to get a coffee by myself, ducking out to the shops by myself. You know, I've had two times in particular where I was walking along the beach at night after putting Lenny to bed and I had like tears in my eyes and I was looking around and I was like, I'm fucking grateful. And I'm like, how insignificant. It's this teeny tiny beach walk. But when you haven't done that for almost five years and when the alternative is literally sitting on your couch by yourself because you can't go anywhere, it's just amazing what those teeny things have done for me. So, yeah, my cup feels filled up. I have done a couple of social things. and what's been really interesting is also, I think what it has also done has taken the pressure and taken the need or want for meeting someone. You've probably heard it come up a lot in our other episodes. there's there's obviously been this deep thing about, you know maybe wanting to meet someone and finding that person and i think i have just been desperately missing connection and i'm now getting it i'm now catching up with friends and lenny's not with me like normally i would catch up with friends and i'm also having to parent and manage him and i'm getting more frustrated than usual cuz all i want to do is just chat to my friend and be with my friend so i think i've noticed by having all of that connection outside of that it's just really taken that off mm. um and even the other night, I was sitting at my desk doing some work, and my au pair was sitting on the couch watching TV. And again, it sounds so lame saying it out loud, but I was sitting there being like, this is so nice. And I was just like, okay, so it doesn't matter that it's not a man. All it is is just having connection and having someone around and not feeling so isolated all the time. It's been the biggest blessing. I know I've had a couple of you message me about it and how it works. So with us, Um, I'm very happy with my schedule with Lenny's kinder. So I was never trying to replace childcare during the week. It was always early in the morning and later at night once he's asleep. And so I get 10 hours a week from her. It's ranged from, yeah, me going for walks, me doing gym in the morning, on the off occasion, her taking him to the playground. She's cooked for me a few times. Yeah, it's an actual game changer.
1: So, if there was anyone that was looking at doing it, is there different websites or is there really only one website that you go to for I, it?
0: I think there's proper websites for it. And I know Paula used a website to find hers. I found mine through a Facebook group. I think it's called Au Pairs Australia. And it's got in brackets female at the end of it. So, it's women only. And yeah. lots of them are just young women that are traveling. Now, my Au pair she's from the UK, she's been traveling for the last six months. She was paying $300 a week in a Melbourne hostel for like a nine person dorm. So she's just beyond stoked that she now has her own living space. And look, there's, you know, someone messaged me the other day and said, oh, it sounds like a great idea, but I don't have a huge living space. Neither do I, like I'm in an apartment, it's not huge, but there's going to be a cost or there's going to be a sacrifice in some way. And so I was like, I have to try this and see if the cost of sharing my living space, which is not ideal, is far outweighed by the positives of having all of this time and space. And for me, it is hundred percent. Now, of course, it might be different if you have someone you don't get along with or they're in your space 24-7. I think that really comes down to having strong conversations at the end to see how they live. What do they get up to? Do they want to sit in the lounge all the time or are they out and about when they're not doing their hours? I think they're all the things that you'd have to ask to have a bit of an understanding how they're going to fit. But yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough for me and it has gifted me so much. I literally went out for the first time since I had Lenny and actually got home at 4am. It was the first time I actually let loose and I'm still suffering the consequences of that. But it's just funny. It's the first time I could let loose because anytime I've ever gone out, I've been stressed looking at my phone going, how much is this going to cost me, me staying out? And I couldn't ever fully, you know, sink into the time with my friends because I was always worrying about what was happening at home.
1: Yeah. And it's, even like you were saying, those little moments where you, you've had tears in your eyes, they're the little moments that shift your mindset that can send you in a, into a trajectory of a really positive, happy life. Yeah. Sometimes you just need those little moments. And if you don't have those, it is really hard to, to feel like, you know, to get in that energy and that frequency that you want to be in. So exactly. I totally can resonate what you meant. Why you were like I, I cried because it means more than that. It's not just a sunset.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it, um, even one particular night, I was like really tired and I couldn't be bothered. But I was like, this is a we we sort of roster our time at the beginning of the week, and I was like, just go. And then I ended up just walking and I just sat instead. I just sat. I was like, I'm so tired. I don't even feel like walking, but I'm like just sitting outside, not in the constraints of my home. Yeah. Um, and feeling like. I think sometimes when you're with your kids, I will be the biggest advocate to say everything I have ever done throughout my journey has been to bring Lenny along the ride with me and not miss out on doing things. And, you know, I do meditations with him around. I have embraced every fibre of my being doing these things with him around still. But there is such a difference between sitting outside with the peace and the serenity of not having him there, and if you can take those opportunities, it's significant.
1: And also not having that, being able to switch off, like you said, you just can't fully switch off when they're around you. Just coming back to yourself and coming back to actually what you just want as a human and your basic human needs are able to be, I guess, found when you're in silence and peace.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think it takes into everything else, like I found The more I've had that, the more I'm going into all of my other things with him around with a much lighter positive, you know, there would be times where I would be quite resentful because like I said, I was so desperately bringing him along for all these things, being like, I'm not going to stop living. I'm going to keep doing life and keep doing these things that I love doing. But of course, they are a lot more challenging when you have a child around and then I would sometimes become resentful because I'm like, I just want to sit and chat with my friend and not be interrupted every two seconds. I just want to be in this moment, in this space and do it. So it's just meant that everything that I now do with him, it's less resentful, it's less frustrating because I'm getting those connections elsewhere. So game changer.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's huge. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions for this, probably the ins and outs Even me just listening in terms of where to apply to get someone. Do you get to choose? Do you just connect with one person? Is it pretty straightforward? Is it kind of like you find someone on the group and you just send them a DM or how does
0: that work? So with the Facebook group, I'm sure it's a little bit different if you're doing it through like a proper agency. To be honest, I actually posted on just like a generic, like finding a room uh, in Melbourne. It's called Fairy Floss. So it's like the biggest sort of room finder Facebook group. I did a post on there once about this particular arrangement and I literally had like 300 messages and it was the most overwhelming thing ever. But I think that's what tells me is that there is room for lots of people that, you know, whether it's a uni student that's not working much and free rent would change their life or I just think there's a lot of opportunity. And to be honest, I really like the young ones. I do think young people can connect with kids a bit better. So... Through the Facebook group, it was literally just a matter of posting about you sharing what you're looking for and then people would message if it lined up. Yeah. Some people are doing au pair work because they're looking for it as an actual income. So that would be someone that's wanting to do 30-plus hours of care and then they get paid on top, whereas my arrangement is purely free rent bills internet in exchange for that 10 hours a week and then she's got a job on the outside and she does that throughout the week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like game changer game changer if you find someone that you can really yeah like you said live with and this this is what you and i would always talk about right like i've had my brother since the get-go and yeah. like you were saying like sometimes we just don't even talk sometimes i feel yeah. bad i'm like you do so much for me kane just by being here sometimes yeah. i feel bad because i'm just i just don't feel like talking but yeah. it's so nice that knowing there is just another human there even if they don't do anything it's just that in your brain it changes yeah. the way you think and go about things
0: yeah 100% so one
1: of the questions that we have been asked a few times is how to communicate to your kids about a separation that's not their dad now I can't speak of that but Rach you have gone through a separation with someone that you were with for quite a while how did that communication go with Lenny and how does it go now
0: so when I met my ex-boyfriend, I think Lenny was about 15 months old, so super little, not really communicating apart from words here and there, not communicating a whole lot. And like, my goodness, it was the biggest learning for me to recognise how big it is for such littlies. Now, Lenny didn't stop talking about this guy for a very long time. Every now and then now, his name will still pop up, which blows my mind. I actually sourced help from a very close friend of mine called Georgia. She actually did a meditation for us over the new year and she's a kinesiologist. She's a kinesiologist and I asked for her help just in terms of understanding how to respond. Lenny was asking so much about this guy and the reason why is Lenny hasn't met his dad yet and at the time of me dating this guy, Lenny had wasn't even communicating with him on the phone. So he had no concept of who his dad was. So of course, this guy being such a big presence in his life was all he knew of as a father figure. So yeah, to all of a sudden cut that short without any possibility of them ever seeing them again is so huge. So basically what my friend said was, for littlies, some of the biggest triggers for stress in children and their way of coping is just to keep asking questions until they can actually grasp what's happened. And I think that was, I think that can be quite challenging because of course, if you're healing, if you're feeling really sad about this breakup and you've got your child asking a million questions and why, and when can I see him again? And, you know, I'd sit there and be like, when can you see him again? I want to see him again. You know, it can be really hard for both of us to navigate that. I think that's why it was so helpful having this conversation with my friend because she's like, don't squish it down when he brings him up, as hard and as painful as it might be for you. It's so important to allow them the space to ask questions and not to squish it down and suppress it because their little brains are just trying to understand, like it's so confusing for them. So basically she said, so that they can grasp what's happened, they'll keep asking questions until they kind of get it. So you want to allow them the space to ask about it, to talk about it, and then explain factually what happened. So in my circumstance, it was like, yes, me and we called him Gigi. Me and Gigi, we used to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Now we're not anymore. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see him anymore. But you know, mummy still loves you and we're going to still have lots of fun and just factually talking about what's happened and just continuously repeating it every time it comes up. It feels repetitive and it feels ridiculous. And I know with Lenny, it came up so many times. And then it was just always really important to sort of come back to a bit of a solution. So factual what's happened. Yes, we're broken up. We're not going to see each other anymore, but it's going to be okay. Mummy's still here. I still love you. And so it's, it's really hard Like I said, I found it really hard. I was devastated about that breakup and the fact that I knew he was too and he was trying to wrap his little head around it. Like I was devastated for him. Yeah. Um, And what was really wild to me is, like I said, Lenny was 15 months old when we got together. I'll never forget this as long as I live. We went to the NGV with this guy when Lenny was about 15 months old, barely communicating, like I said. About six months ago we went to the NGV. And the minute we rocked up and saw the building, Lenny goes, this is where we went with Gigi. And I was like, you were a blob then. Like how do you remember that? Like if anything, it's just made me feel like, I'm so glad I followed that process and allowed him to talk about it because far out. He was a blob that couldn't communicate and he remembered that he was there with that special person. So as much as I think it might be hard for us and we want to squash it, It's such big stuff for our kitties. And to be honest, it's probably a good question for Rachel if we get the psychologist on again because it's, yeah, it's really big stuff. I've obviously talked about I was dating my neighbour for a short while, which we are now no longer dating. But we're around all the time and I'm very lucky that he is so great with Lenny still and is still around a lot. But it's really hard. I don't don't have any magical answers apart Mm -hmm. from... just following that process. And I'm, I'm really glad I did.
1: Yeah. Can you share? You might not want to share too much, but you we've spoken a lot post you not seeing your neighbour anymore. What are some of the things that you realised about yourself? Because we are learning every single day still, and this is why we're doing this, is to share this all with you guys. I know that we've had some deep conversations about things you've just kind of learned about yourself and relationships. Could you share or give any insight into any of it?
0: Oh, I think how desperate I've actually wanted a partner to like fix all of my problems. (laughs) Um, When you're alone, as much as I have been, it's very easy to think that someone coming into your space will fix everything. And so I think the biggest, and do you know what's so interesting is we've had so many amazing conversations, even on this podcast, that has also helped me realise and understand that. I um the epitome of independence and strong and not wanting someone around. But I think at the core, at my deepest wounded core self, all I desperately have wanted was to someone to come and wrap me up and save me. And to be honest, I think that's why this au pair stuff is really significant because it's allowed me to step outside of that. When I'm feeling fulfilled in my life as a general whole, there's there's less need for someone to come and fix. And support yeah of course you know I am living proof that I can do it on my own like there's no denying that of course from the logistics from the financials I mean it wouldn't hurt to have a bit more but like I'm living proof you can do it on your own of course but there's always been this deep desire to have someone part of my life and it's not to say that that's gone away of course I do still hope that to be my future I do want more kids in the future but in terms of it consuming me and having this, I hate even admitting it, but in some ways like a desperation that someone will come in and and fix and complete this little family, I think that's been the biggest shift for me. And Mm. I think when you're in that space, you're going to attract probably the not right people. The type of person that I'm looking for is not someone that's going to want to come in and save someone. You know, They're going to be so fulfilled in their own life that they don't want to have to come in and fix you and look after you. So I think they're the biggest learnings that I've had lately. And Mm -hmm. people look extra shiny and glittery and exciting when you want someone around. And it's just not how I want to meet someone. I mean, I guess talking about dating, like I know you said you, you haven't dated much. To be honest, I haven't dated much outside of really these two people, but You have now met someone. You are dating someone that lives interstate, which, like you said, you and I chat a lot, and obviously that can bring up some challenges. Like, how did you and Dan meet? What was your? Just give us, give us, give us the juice. Give us
1: the. (laughs) It's so funny because I think a few people have said like you don't share Dan much. Like, are you guys still together? Yes, we are one hundred percent still together, and I think we didn't share much on socials for the first probably. 4 months or so that we were together. So then maybe like maybe got into that habit a little bit of not oversharing, but because we're also together for only maybe 48 hours at a time, we're not taking a whole lot of photos and content. Like sometimes we take photos, but we met online. How all great love stories start this year this do you know in this lifetime? We I was at a place where I was very much content with my life. Like I felt like I was getting on track with my emotions and my healing. And I did, like we were just talking about, I was at a place where I felt like anyone coming in, I wasn't, I didn't need anything filled. It was purely to, I guess, create that partnership that I had always dreamt of, that we have always dreamt of. So when Dan and I met, we just started chatting and we realized that we both had two-year-old sons and that we had also gone through our separations from our exes, the parents of our children at the same time within the space of six months of each other. And I think that one of the first things I said to him after like a couple of messages back and forth, the first thing I said to him was like, where are you at now in your life? I knew that he was an actor, but I didn't know kind of what he was working on. And he's, um, he's 12 years older than me. So I I guess I didn't have like tabs on him or anything. He wasn't someone that I ever followed or thing. Yeah, he was, he was just a little bit older. He was, <laughs> my mum loved him. So I just said to him, like, what are you kind of, what's your, not purpose, but I kind of said, like, what are you working on at the moment? And I'll never forget his response. He said, he said something about work and whatnot. But then he said, I'm at a place where I'm finally happy. And I remember reading that and being like, same. And it was like this, it was I could just feel it then that we had this kind of connection in where we were. So anyway, we started we kept started um messaging and we were doing lots of voice memos. And then we did a FaceTime, our first FaceTime. I was so nervous. And we laugh about it now because I had a glass of wine, red wine, and he's like, You don't drink. And I was like, I know. I was just nervous. <laughs> I was just nervous. And We FaceTimed and it was good. We laughed because the first thing he said was he was talking about his taxes. I think I said, oh, like, how was your day? Yeah, you know, just something about taxes. So now every time anything comes up, I joke that he was so nervous he spoke about his taxes on our our first, like, kind of facetime date. So we spoke for about a month. It just felt like I'd known him forever. We just had the same energy and I just felt really calm and that's what we were talking about, I think, in our conversation well I mean through every conversation we've had on the podcast but I just felt really calm with it I didn't feel like I was trying to be anything that I wasn't yeah but then I went to Sydney and he lives in Sydney I went to Sydney and I was staying with my girlfriend it was our first day and he texted me to say he was he was there and I oh my god I felt so sick and I had this big pimple on my chin Don't you love it when you just, it's always the way when these significant moments and I just had this big pimple on my chin and I was like, great. Anyway, went downstairs from her apartment. It was raining. He was standing outside of his car with an umbrella and he just had this big smile on his face. We went to a bar and I just remember again, what drink do you want? And I just didn't drink much. And I just kind of panicked and I was like, oh, red wine's fine again we laugh we look back on that and laugh he's like you drank more in our first date than when you drank in our t- entire relationship together That's because so i just i don't know
0: you know what it's like when you're on a first date you've just got to loosen up i think a friend and i were also having a conversation recently because also when i was recently dating i was drinking a lot too and we were sort of saying we're actually not big drinkers but i think because all of a sudden it's not to say that now that you're free from motherhood life, but you sort of maybe get wrapped up in this dating world where it's like you have to go out and have drinks and make it a big thing. Mm. I see a therapist and she's like, what's wrong with going for a walk along the beach? And I'm like, oh, that's not, that's My not. My does that. And she's like, that's ridiculous. Like, I know. Really loved when you've spoken about Dan because we've talked about this. Like I have been very hesitant with the idea of dating a single dad, which sounds really hypocritical, but, Mm. you know, we can talk about that in more detail another time. But the one thing that I think for me would be the clearest sign of someone as a human being, if they're already a dad, how he still has a close relationship with the mother of his child. And I think that's such a testament to their character. Mm. And I think just if they speak beautifully about their ex partner as a mother. I feel like that's such a quick entry into looking at how they show up in the world because, of course, we've spoken to so many women where it's so toxic and they're at each other's throats when at the end of the day, it is literally the mother of their children. Mm. So, was that a big factor for you if they didn't have that positive co parenting situation? Mm. Do you have been a bit more.
1: Well, I think. Absolutely. The first conversation that I ever had with Dan, I could see the positive way he spoke about people in his life. And that's something that I really commended him on. And it's something as well that I've wanted to be very cautious of as well. And I think we can always kind of relay back times in our lives that maybe weren't so positive, especially with my ex and I. But it's, I think the way that you speak about it and the and also I think it shows as well how much you've processed and healed from it. Totally. I remember when I used to relay early on some com- some things about my ex and I and I did come from a place of anger. Yeah. So when I was also be a- I was able to have these conversations with Dan I could just tell that we were both on the same level of like ready to move on like I said. Yeah. And we were in that happy place. So absolutely that contributed to it and the fact that we both had boys that were 2 years old, I just couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. I felt like the stars were truly aligning when we met and it was funny because after I came home after our first date which we kind of say like from the second we met we were dating because it it just felt like that. Like there was nothing really said. We just had this unsaid kind of commitment to each other. It's when you hear um, all of those, you know, memes and whatever, if someone wants to be with you, they'll be with you. If they want to text you, they will text you. There's no games. They they will make an effort. Coming back to the stars aligning is that, so from that point I was like, okay, yeah, I, I want to be with him. And I remember having a conversation with my mum and she said, but this is after our first date, sorry, I came home and I was, you know, all excited. And she was like, but really, what what can you do? You can't move to Sydney. Well, why not, mum? I mean, albeit mum was sick at the time and I was never, I would have never have moved if she was still sick. And I just kind of was like, why? And I got a bit defensive. Why not, mum? And and she was like, you know, you can't take Seb from his dad and because Jared was living in Adelaide at the time. I know that. And I think that was something in the back of our minds like both Dan and I's minds that we both had kids in our states like really how would this work literally that week Jared my my ex texted me and said hey I have been offered a job in Port Douglas coaching and playing football and it's something that I I want to do and I remember thinking that oh that's that's just so interesting if you talk about the universe kind of listening I just thought okay well Jared is in Port Douglas and he wants to do this, then that meant that I could move freely with Seb when I needed to. So that was really interesting. That also brought up a lot of emotion in myself because I was in, Jared and I were in a in a good place, but I did feel, I remember getting off a phone call when we had a bit of a phone call about it. It kind of, it moved very quickly. And I remember just crying after I spoke to him because I was like, oh, I will truly be doing it on my own now. And there was that moment of, even though I almost felt like I already was, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're really removed now. And it's just me. So that had a bit of heaviness in it too, even though I knew in my heart that this was a really good decision for him to move there and to start fresh almost for himself. And honestly, it has been the best thing. I know I've spoken about this before in that we always say to new mums that come to us. And when we have chats is that. And no, you can't imagine how it's going to be okay. Like, and no, you can't picture that. And if someone said to me, Seb's dad's going to move into state and it's actually going to be the best thing that ever happened. And I mean that in the sense of he's not only in a in a better place himself, but before that I was only getting maybe 24 hours a week. And if something popped up, anything that he needed for work or events or whatever, then I would just, you know, have him. But now Seb goes away for a week. It's a holiday for him. Jared's girlfriend is so lovely I've said this a thousand times and I say this to everyone that I know and that's in my circle she mm-hmm. adores Seb Seb adores her she really respects me and that relationship is really positive positive. Mm-hmm. and Seb now goes there for a week so then I can travel for a week and I can go and see Dan or I can go and do things and it really is it's just really worked out and I just feel like that's something I can only owe to the universe And now I've and I've also signed with an agency in Sydney or been with them for you know a year now. But I just felt like the universe was like this is your time and it was incredible. So I think with allowing when Jared went interstate, it kind of also allowed Dan and I to be able to explore that with no pressure, Mm -hmm. which was really nice because I think before we were both like, oh, where's this going to go? So that happened, you know, within I think the second week that we were seeing each other, but a year I don't know how how long has he been away now over a year Seb's dad now and it has allowed us to both be the best versions of ourselves and we communicate a lot more and Seb's just really happy and we have two happy healthy parents which is really nice and I think it was daunting when he first said it to me and I think anyone listening would think you know how is how is that fair that one parent gets to go away and look yeah maybe on paper it's not but You only, you are the person that will know what's best for your family and how that dynamic will work and Seb's happy and he's so loved and looked after. So in that as well, I'm, you know, Dan and I are able to see each other every two, three weeks. And even though it's only, you know, two to three days at a time, it's, it's gifted us that. So for anyone that thinks if we're still together. we absolutely are and yeah he's my person and that's you know we very much are planning our future together which is
0: nice it is nice
1: okay just to wrap up the episode we're just going to do a couple of quick questions for a laugh because there's just so many things that I could dive into here but what are your pet peeves Rachel what's your major pet peeve
0: I don't know if I've got like a ginormous. I think just like rude people. I just you know and we were literally just talking about it before that like yes hurt people hurt people but you can still be hurt and not be an asshole. And I just <laughs> and it comes off the back of I had a circumstance with a neighbor this week and you know it was about my puppy that cried for like 20 minutes but it's just the way it was handled it was so rude, it was so horrible and sometimes I'm just like how do people get off get off in life just being so horrible so just rude unkind people and I don't care how hurt you've been you just don't have to show up in the world like that
1: I'd agree I feel like unkind people that are unkind or rude rude we went to Marion yesterday my brother and I and we had two pretty shocking customer service encounters and I was like what is going on Kane and I were like what and we're so kind it was just so rude my biggest pet peeve like grind I literally am like sitting up in my seat When you're at the airport, I've got like three in the airport. One is is the second, not even before the seatbelt sign goes off, everyone stands up. Like I get you want to stretch your legs, but it's almost like I'm I'm getting there. It's that. It's not waiting. So like if they've opened either end of the plane and then you go off in order. Like if your your seat's in front, you exit first. People that try and push past you. Who do you think you are to push past someone a seat in front of you? Yeah. Thirdly, when they're waiting by the conveyor belt, yeah. when they're literally standing where your bag is, take a step back up.
0: I can see, hun.
1: Take a step back. You know, in school where they used to do the yellow around the corner so you wouldn't run? Did you have that yeah. at your
0: school? Yeah.
1: That's what I feel like they need. I want like a no standing zone around a conveyor belt. Yeah. That's
0: my. Yeah, I can agree on all of those. I think airports are classic for those. <laughs> um, and it's like we're all waiting just stop well there's been a couple of times where i have asked because like if i am in a genuine hurry or something's going on i think you could so easily be like oh hey i've got to run to a connecting flight or you know do you mind if i there's otherwise there's absolutely no need there is no, no need. need. we're all no gonna need. get at the same time hun it's all good
1: what is i've actually got one of my girlfriend's stories it's not mine But on a date, what's the one like non-negotiable that you would like from a date or kind of expect or whatever?
0: I think for me, what I'm really challenged by these days, I am all for female empowerment. Don't get me wrong. But I do wish... I do find often that men don't have the ability to be like, I'm going to ask you out and I'm going to take the lead on that and just say, here's the place, you know, what do you like, here's the time, this is the night, done, and sort of take lead in that process. You know, it's like, what do you like, la, la, la. And then it's just like it, I lose interest in that process. <laughs> Whereas when someone can just be like, okay, great, you're free that night, I'm going to make plans, so there's something so attractive to me within that of someone that can just take the lead. We have pretty bloody busy lives organizing yeah. a lot of shit going on for someone to just take that and run with it. I'm like, that to me is everything. The minute I start getting like fluffing around, I'm immediately like, nah, this is too, I can't be bothered with this. Yeah. Um, so definitely someone that can take the lead. And again, I'm the same, like, I think we were just talking off air about a funny dating story where, like, I paid, which is fine, but also if you're going to ask someone out, why would you let them pay? It's, it's interesting. I feel like there's the whole paying thing is, like, a big it's a big thing. It's a debate. Like, it's a big
1: debate. And I could, I can totally understand why. So we're not, like not sitting being like, you should, the guy should always pay or your whoever.
0: But yeah, it is,
1: it's interesting. My funny story that I was going to tell, it was one of my girlfriends. She actually had two encounters similar about paying, but more about like, she went for tea. Like, I'm talking like a cup of tea, like a coffee. And yeah. she went on this day and they were looking at like what they were ordering and the guy, She was like, yeah, I'll just get a peppermint tea or whatever. And he looks up at the sign and he goes, should we get, because he wanted one as well, he said, should we get a cup for one at $4 or a cup for two at $5.50 or something? No. And she was like, well, two because there's two of us and there was just like a lingering silence and she paid for it.
0: Oh, no. A pot of tea. Oh, no. Like. I guess for me the rule is. I do think on a first date, if someone has asked you out, that they do pay. That's, that is how I see it. And maybe that's a bit backwards. I always offer to pay. It's not like it's expected. I will always, I actually, for dates, always get cash out because I find the card things really awkward. So So I always get out cash before a first date. So I can literally say I'm offering. And of course, if they took it, that's fine. But I do just think if you are organising it and you are inviting someone out that you do that. thing with dating apps is I've always been very conscious of having photos. Like I have, I don't filter photos anyway or filter social media stuff anyway, but I would never put up filtered, unrealistic photos of Meeks. To me, there would be nothing worse than meeting someone on a first date and them going, goodness, that's not you. And it's the same with men. I find they're notoriously shocking for like not putting up good photos. They're probably 10 years old. And there's definitely been times where I've got there and I've been like, oh my, like this is not, this isn't what I thought. So just like be as realistic as you can, because I think that's going to make for a better first interaction if you're trying to shy away from what you actually look like.
1: Mm. I saw... um, I saw this reel and it was about how to get the best out of your dating profile or something. And this girl wrote her email address in her bio and said the most creative email or whatever you can do, you'll get. I don't even know what it said. But she said that it just allowed for people to make more of an effort so anyone that was truly interested in talking to her sent an email and put in effort and Mm -hmm. just was one step further. I guess it took away from the app. And meant yeah that they had to think about it a bit more and actually thought that was a, quite a cool concept.
0: Well, so maybe an email. Maybe an email. Well, so I've I've often said that I'm not on the apps, but I have recently just jumped back on. Which look, I'm not sure how I'm feeling about it just yet. But <laughs> an idea that we. I have stolen this idea from a content creator in Melbourne. I don't actually know who she is. I don't follow her, but it came up in my field. She lives with four of her close friends, and they all happen to be single. So they had this idea where they were all jumping on the apps, and they were going to host they were actually going to host the night at their house where each of them had to bring a first date, and they were all going to do this evening together with first dates. And I'm like, I really love that. Although I wouldn't do it in the home. I would do it out. But I guess for the women it's probably better because you all know each other. There's a little bit more comfort within that. Yeah. But I do think it's a fun opportunity to do something a bit different. Um, you also get to see how that person interacts in that situation, how they meet other people. And I just thought it's a fun way of doing it. Mm. So Make me jump back on, but I have to admit I do find the apps really overwhelming, and I don't know how long I will last. But
1: please do that. I feel like that concept is very cool. I like that idea.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can't make dating fun, what's the point? Like, it is there to enjoy, to enjoy getting to know people, and if you can't have fun with it, then there really is no point.
1: Okay, last one. I love how we say these are going to be the quickest episodes. <laughs> is where in life do you kind of find your biggest blocks or resistance?
0: I think for me, and like I just touched on it earlier, something that I'm really working through is that need for partnership and meeting someone. But I do feel like I'm actively working on that now. And then I think just the biggest one that can sometimes get me trapped is this, I guess, heaviness of I'm doing it on my own. I've got to on my own, I've got to carry all this stuff and I'll often say sometimes I'll feel like I'm killing it in one area of life and then something falters just because you you feel like you're juggling so many moving parts. I mean we talk about this all the time, Jess, like the mental mm. like the brain capacity to be holding all of these things at once is it's very tricky. So I think sometimes just the weight of it all and feeling like you're having to carry so much, Yeah, And then dropping balls here and there, I definitely think is something that I'm also really actively working on because I've definitely noticed, and I guess we could probably talk about this. We've both worked with someone who has sort of helped us through this. I think looking at my nervous system and what sort of suffers, you know, it sort of manifests into physical health when you are just flailing around and surviving through life um, what would yours be?
1: Yeah. It's funny that you say that I actually just got off a call just before we started this recording. So I've been working with Blake and you've worked with him. You, you and Abby, who was our first episode guest episode recommended Blake to me. And this was my last session working with him for a bit. And it was so interesting because I started working with him for kind of a bit of similar, what you just said, the scarcity mindset, and feeling like you've always got to be strong, and we went into a hypnosis, and I was just feeling very tightness around my chest, and you know where is this kind of coming from? And I said that I feel like I've got this rod in the middle of my chest that I always need to be strong. I always need to be, I guess, that pillar because you know, single mum or just mums in general. That's what I kept saying. I was like, mums in general just need to be strong. And then we kind of went through a bit of a um, deep dive into where I kind of got those feelings from, and. I then realized that instead of being strong, literally changing that thought, instead of being strong of you are strong and you can carry that strength into all of your other areas. And it was so crazy, like going through that in a hypnosis. And instead of like having that weight on my shoulders, because you kind of speak about the first things that come to your mind. I don't know. It sounds a little bit random, but I almost thought of instead of weight on my shoulders, I pictured kind of. The first thing that came to my head was almost like a blanket swishing off my shoulders and it made me think of a cape and then which made me think of having superpowers as mums and and then I just started like kind of like laughing and like could see through my hypnosis that I was like moving this energy from that burden of strength to actually empowering us and I I just it was crazy and this is the things I guess that you come to in these sessions but it was so powerful and I think that so many of us can can change that mindset the way that we do look at our strength or having to be strong.
0: And because it's such a, um, I think we touched on this in Pallas episode, if you're feeling the burden, if there's sort of the words and how you're physically presenting, it's such a rough exterior and it's such a rough armour almost that you're navigating the world through as opposed to... I feel like you can still be strong but carry through life with a softness to enjoy Mm -hmm. and I I just feel like they present totally differently into how you show up in the world. So, man, I mean, I wonder whether if people would be interested, we could maybe see if Blake would jump on at some point and maybe take everyone through something. But I know, yeah, we've all got so much from him and Mm. he's definitely not a single mum but he has been, you know, very helpful for me. He's done a lot of work with Abby and now you, so.
1: And raised by a single mum. So he yeah. definitely has, he, you know, he went through it and I would love to chat to him to see similar to the conversation we had with my brother in what, I guess, changed him in his life and what got him to that. But I just think that notion of I don't have to be strong, I am strong. Yeah. yeah. Is is If that's it, it, it's crazy how, I mean, simple, we can change it in our minds. But, okay, we're going to stop talking because... <laughs> this episode went on but we hope you love this episode from Rach and I and we will be sure to do more of them as we go thank you for listening to this episode of mothering on my own if you'd like to connect with us further please follow our instagram at motheringonmyown.podcast